Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. We are looking at filling up your family, and really kind of what we, the, the illustration we've been using is kind of like if you're going on a vacation or if you're going somewhere on the road with your family, kind of that, imagine yourself in a car and, and heading in a direction and the interaction that your, your family might have. And one of the things that I would like you to, to think about to try to help understand that today is I want you to imagine going on a vacation somewhere where you've never been before. Maybe it's somewhere where you want to go, but, but specifically somewhere where, where you've never been before that you don't know much about. So just interesting, I always find this interesting question for people who live in Arizona. How many of you have been to the Grand Canyon before? Raise your hand. All right, most of you, not all of you. So if you are someone who has been to the Grand Canyon before, and you are someone who has hiked the Grand Canyon before, I want you to imagine that someone is coming from a state 2,000 miles away, and I want you to think about things that they might want to know before they would visit the Grand Canyon. So, so I started thinking about this. I, I've been to the Grand Canyon before, but... I had never been to Arizona before and had never been in the area of the Grand Canyon. And I wrote down a couple things that someone who's visiting might want to know. For instance, it snows at the Grand Canyon. For you, you might say, of course it does. We, we watch uh, the news, we watch the weather. It tells us when it, it snows in Flagstaff. I, I understand I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but honestly, I did not realize that it snows in Arizona. And, and when I found that out is when I was driving down here to move down here, and the worst snow we hit the entire way was at the New Mexico-Arizona border. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I wouldn't have got my car washed in Kansas City if I would have known that I was going to hit snow in Arizona. So that would be the first thing to tell people. You know, what if you think you're going to come down here and you think Arizona warm all the time and you can hike the canyon anytime? You can't. The, the north side of it closes because there's so much snow. Another thing that, that as you're hiking the canyon that, that people might not know, there are some trails that have no water. That, that, that when you go down it, that, that these trails from top to bottom have no water, and, and, and that might not be the worst part, but from bottom to top, they don't. So when you're coming out, if you think, yeah, once I get on this trail, that I'll be able to go another mile and, and there will be a water station, uh, that's, that's not going to happen. And we all know that if, if you don't have the water, uh, you're not going to make it. Another thing someone who's visiting the Grand Canyon, someone who's a tourist who won't understand, there's not a road that goes through the Grand Canyon, okay? I know you know that, but there's a road that goes through the Rocky Mountains. 
So, so if someone who's going to the Rocky Mountains thinks, yeah, all I have to do is I can drive up to the pass, I can be way up there, I can enjoy the scenery, so there must be a road that goes through the Grand Canyon as well, right? And, and so you have to tell them, no, uh, you, you can't do that. Or people who are going to hike and they're like, yeah, we can hike the canyon, I'm in relatively good shape, right? I, I can hike the canyon that you warn them it's a lot easier going down than it is coming up. And, and, and so you see people who, who are struggling, who go down farther than they should. The warnings again and again telling them, you know what, you need to know about this if you are going to come here. Another warning that you would give them is, the sun is our friend and the sun is our enemy. That, that when you think about hiking, there is not a lot of shade in the canyon, and especially at different times of day, there is no shade. And so if you're in a situation where, where you are in that sun and you're on a trail where you have no water, that, that you're going to be in trouble. And maybe the final thing that I would tell them just so they get it through their head is that people die at the Grand Canyon every year. And, and, and most of them, I would say, probably are because they didn't do their homework, that they didn't realize that there was danger. And, and if they would have done a little bit of reading and understood how hot it was going to be, or, or the fact that there was no shade, or that they needed water, or that you can fall off the edges, that this is dangerous, this, this isn't a game, this isn't a place to play around, you need to respect it, that it would have saved them. Now, as, as you think about that, I, I hope that concept makes sense. But what we also need to understand is, as we go through this journey of life, and the idea of filling up your family and, and going into the future and, and having these road rules, that you need to understand that even though you've had a past, all of us have a future that is a place that we've never been before. So that as you, as you, you look to the future, your future, your future, has uncharted waters, uncharted trails. And, and so as you look at that, you, you can think to yourself, my goodness, there's, there's danger. That, that to one extent or another should, I don't want to say scare you, but at least it should get your attention. To understand it as people continue through their lives, as they, they go forward as families, you know this, families break up every day. Marriages break up every day. Hardships happen every day. And, and so you would hope that as we consider that, that we wouldn't be in a, a mindset that says, that could never happen to me. But rather, as we look at this, the relationships we have and how we fill them up, that if there is information out there that is available, I want to take advantage of it as much as I can. That is what this message is about. Because as we go through the book of Proverbs and, and filling up your family and, and that idea of rules for the road, we have someone who holds the future in his hand. And that's the Lord. The Lord who, who is 
beyond time and, and knows the future and knows what our lives hold. And for that reason, we go back to his word. We go back to these rules for the road to make our trip as safe and enjoyable as possible. Where we are going to start, actually, we're going to get to Proverbs 2, but I want to start with Proverbs chapter 1. And the reason why I want to start there is because we can understand exactly why the book of Proverbs was given in the first place. So we start with Proverbs 1, verses 1 to 4. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. And, and so right there we, we see the, the, the idea of Proverbs, why it was given. It was given, first of all, for, by Solomon as someone who had gone through life, someone who had seen a lot, given specifically to people who had not yet been there before, those who were young, and saying, you know what, as I've gone through my life, these are some things that I've noticed, and, and they are going to help you on your journey as well. And these are also words of God, words in, inspired by the Holy Spirit, for all of us, young and old, to keep us safe along the way. In the blank you can write, Proverbs are given as road rules for life that will save us from unnecessary pain. Now, as, as we look at the book of Proverbs, I don't know how many of you have read them before or, or haven't. But I would encourage you, if, if you are a visitor here today and you're not necessarily a, a religious person, I would still encourage you to read the book of Proverbs because many of them are common sense things that will help you in life. I, I went through Proverbs this past week and I wrote down some of the subject matter that is covered with these Proverbs, with these sayings of wisdom. The number one thing is the misery and pain caused by adultery, and how costly the price is for divorce. Now, sometimes in, in churches, people who have been through divorce can feel like maybe you're beat up a little bit, or that it's that you know, church is you know, preaching against me, or I feel like pastor's picking on me, or something like that, and that might be true. But this deals with it in a, a little bit different vein. And I think any of you who have gone through that would agree, in a divorce, everybody loses. I, wouldn't you? I, I, I don't know anyone who, who would say to me, that was an awesome experience. I wish I could get married and divorced again so that I could have that same great experience. No. Nobody does that. And, and what this is doing, it, it, and maybe even that you think to yourself, I wish I would have known then what I know now, and it might have saved me from some unnecessary pain. That's what Proverbs is. If you listen, if you will listen, if you can learn not only from your own mistakes, but if you can listen, learn from someone else's mistakes and someone else's wisdom, 
That's what this is about. So that's a big one. Finding a spouse who are true friends and who, who aren't friends. Anger. Drinking. Discipline. Balance in life. Poverty. Working hard. Making promises. The next one, my personal favorite, keeping your mouth shut. (laughs) And then when you should speak, parents, motivation, honesty, getting old, gossip, kindness, generosity, integrity. Pride, telling the truth, anxiety, and wealth. Those are just, that's not all of them. That's not an an exhaustive list. But as Solomon sat down towards the end of his life, he's like thinking, you know what? I've learned so much on each one of these topics that I could, if I could just give you a nugget on, on some of them, that your life would be safer and more enjoyable because of it. And then where does he go? After, after he tells you, I'm going to give you things that are going to save you some pain, he goes to the next, the verse, Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I'm going to start with the first part, and that is fools despise wisdom and instruction especially if you are someone who doesn't, who doesn't like to be told what to do, or if you are someone who, uh, when, when listening to your dad talk about the old days, back when I was a kid, we had to work so hard. Rah, rah, it was up, you know, up, uphill both ways to school and back. And, and you hear it's like, oh, enough already. Uh, the, you're, you're just driving me crazy. I don't want to have to listen to this. Well, I... It says, you know what, there's something to be learned. That there is a time to listen. But then he takes even a step more and says, if you're going to start somewhere where you need to start, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. That if you think you are going to have true wisdom in life, that as you look for the road, if you are going to take this road without God, you are in a serious world of hurt. Because I don't know exactly what your path is going to look like, but I do know this, and that is that there are going to be times, as we said last week, where there are flat tires, and, and there are breakdowns, and there are trashed interiors and lost keys, and, and on the journey, it's a guarantee. I don't care what person is here today, what path you have taken, but I guarantee that there has been pain involved. And as you look at that pain and as you look at breakdowns, the question is, am I going to deal with these things alone or am I going to have the Lord there with me? In the blank, you can write, our journey begins with expressing our need for God. God, I I need you. I need you along this journey, not only because there is so much that I don't know, but Lord, I need you because I understand that even as I start this journey, that there is a problem with who I am. To recognize whatever you want to call it, if you are at a point now where you're not there yet to call it sin, to recognize that that is how the Bible identifies it, 
that each of us has a problem in their lives and, and the problem is inside, not just with the things that we do, but, but who I am that that's what it begins with. And, and so during Jesus' ministry, at times it was called repentance, that, that a person would admit it. Other times that it would be called conversion, where someone turns around. Other times it's called rebirth, when you're born again. And instead of thinking from a physical and, and just about me and, and what I want for life, that I now begin to see things from God's perspective. And it, and it starts there, and it must start there, because that is the first gift of the the book of Proverbs, is to recognize that you do not want to go on this journey without God. Now, once that happens, once you realize that, okay, this is something that I realize I need in my life, and we turn, first of all, to Jesus. The fear of the Lord ultimately comes in the cross of Jesus, that we recognize who God is. And it doesn't necessarily mean to be afraid of God, but that's a little bit of the component. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods. And an explanation of the first commandment is, what does this mean? What does it mean that I shall have no other gods? That I should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. In 101 class, we, we describe it this way. We describe the heart of God. If you've been to 101, this is a reminder. The heart of God, that he's just and he's loving at the same time. And so you have a God that cannot tolerate sin, but you also have a God who doesn't want to imagine eternity without you. And as you have those two perfect qualities in God that they are only reconciled through the cross of Jesus, that it's only through Jesus that we see God's justice when he punished sin, and we see God's love by offering forgiveness for us all. It's there. That's the starting point for any of this wisdom. I just want to make that clear because now we're going to get in to, to Proverbs chapter 2 that maybe even makes a little bit of an assumption of faith on some level. So we go to Proverbs 2, 1 to 5. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Okay, so, so we look at this, and I hope you see there's a progression and the progression in, in this section we will see in, in the fill-ins. So faith in Jesus, so faith in Jesus, understanding our need for God and that God is there for us, first of all, will result in accepting the authority of the words he teaches. So accepting the authority. The second one is that we apply the truths of his word to our lives. Third, we cry out until you get what you need. And then finally, you pursue a deeper relationship with God. Let's start with accepting his authority. Part of accepting the authority with God is that you need to understand what he, what he says. And now, especially if you are someone who's in high school, 
and, and someone maybe who's in college right now, that understand that at your age, what, is going, what you go through is you, you go through this idea where you either accept authority or you don't. And the way that this looks is if you think your teacher is an idiot. Maybe you've been there before where you're like, I know more than they do. They, they are like, I can't believe they have a job as a teacher. They're, they're so dumb. And this, this assignment is ridiculous. And, and so what, what, what happens is, is that by listening to the teacher and seeing the classroom, you are, you are really saying, is this someone whose authority I accept? This continues as you get older, when you get a job, right? And, and you're in a situation where, where you have a boss, and, and if you've been in there, before, been there where you're like, I know more than my boss does. I should have his job. I should have her job. And, and at some point, maybe you've had this before, where you've been in a situation, whether it's with a teacher or a boss or whoever it is, that tells that you have someone else come up and tell you this. You know what? They might seem a little different, a little weird, but listen to them because you have a lot to learn. They, if this is work, they've forgotten more about the business than you will ever know. And, and part of that is a humility to say, you know what? I am going to submit myself to them. I'm going to lower myself and, and understand that they have something to give to me. The same is true with God. And so there are those today, again, who are here, who, who do not accept the authority of God that say, you know what? I don't care what God says. I've had people, I've asked them this, that they're doing a behavior, and I, and I ask them, if I could show you from the Bible that what you're doing is wrong, would you stop? And they say, no. No, I don't care what that says. I, I really don't care what God says. And, and, and that's not accepting his authority. And so my encouragement to them and, and to you, if you are someone like that today, continue to listen. Because God's authority, that you understand that God does know what he's talking about the more you listen. The second part is applying it, which, right, you, you apply, you, you take what you've learned, and now you say, okay, not only do I know this, but I'm going to do this. The next one is you cry out until you get what you need. I don't know if you ever cry out. If I'm going through McDonald's and I didn't get my fries, hey, where are the fries, man? I need those. This is not a happy meal if there are not fries in it. That's just, it's not even an okay meal. Who are we, who are we fooling? If you've been in, I want you to think about situations where you have you cry out, where you say, no, I refuse to not have this. And there's a place in your walk with Christ that is like that, that you refuse to not have it, you cry out for it. Say, no, Lord, I, I, you promised me this and I want it. And then what you do is you pursue it. What do I have to do? I love the idea of searching, that you're, you're, you're going for it and trying to find it wherever it's at. And I'm telling you, it's easier than Pokemon Go to find. <laughs> you pursue it and you find it. Now, in the next blank you can write, we need to be intentional about the way in which we live as children of God. Now, today to make this very practical, as you look at those, I'm going to remind you of something I said at the beginning. 
If you are someone who is at the point where you're like, you know, to accept the authority of God, I, I'm, that's where I'm at. 101 class and worship is where you need to be. So you're at the right place today. We call these here at environments, environments, they're guest environments. It's a place where you can come as a guest to see what we're like. You can talk to us as Christians as well, and you get to know a little bit of who God is, what he's like. The second step then, after that authority is accepted, is applying it. You learn and do. That's ministry teams. That it's like, okay, now I understand these truths of God. Where can I do it? Where's my playground? And, and the ministry teams, and as you live it in your lives, are places where that happens. The next is where you cry out until you get what you need. That's the growth groups, okay? And pursuing that. The, the growth groups, first of all, it's going to take some effort to find the group that I need. It, it might involve you actually asking a question and, 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 and finding what you need. And, and the other one, pursuing a d- deeper relationship with God, I would call that our class system, 101 through 501. That's gonna take some effort. That, that if you wanna start 201 class, they're starting on September 11th, they're 12 weeks long. Yeah, I know, 12 weeks, right? That's a long time, that's a big commitment. 301, 401, 501, all of them are 12 weeks long. And it's pursuing, it's going deeper, it's saying I need to know more about God's purpose for my life. We continue. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And I know there's perceptive people here. You're like, hold it, pastor. You just read the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and now you're saying after I do all this, after I accept it, after I apply it, after I cry out for it, after I search for it, then I'll understand the fear of God. Exactly. The fear of God, the knowledge of Jesus Christ as our Savior, the acceptance of Jesus as our Savior, understanding him as our our Savior from sin is the beginning the middle, and the end to a life that is being filled up. That it's all about Jesus. Another way that this is said is 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 25. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And, and so we look at this, that especially that part that talks about the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Again, humility to say there is so much about God that I, I don't think I'll ever be able to completely understand, but I continue to pursue him. In the blank, you can write, understanding the fear of the Lord is knowing my life is better when Jesus is at the center of it. I was just talking to a friend this week, this truth. Just, I, I just want to let it sink in a little bit more. And he was telling me about when he was a brand new Christian, didn't know anything about uh, the Bible or anything like that. And he was talking to a friend who said, you know what, you need to know more about Jesus. You, you need to hear his word. And then he said, well, then what? Then, then what happens? So I know that, and then what? Then I just know it all? 
And he said, no, once you get there, you will realize how much you don't know. And, and your whole life, you will, you will be like marvel at this, how deep it is, and, and this wisdom of God, the fear of God that you pursue, that it's a never-ending journey. And, and nothing can be truer uh, as you think about this, that the fear of the Lord and, and going after it, it's a never-ending journey. I take that back. It does end when we are finally with him in heaven. We continue. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards, and notice, he guards the course of the just and protects the way. Do you see how all of these words that it's talking about have to do with going on a journey? Again, shield to those whose walk guards the course, protects the way of the faithful ones, then you will understand what is just or right and just and fair, every good path. That now this is going to help you exactly where you go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. the Lord in your life, and, and, and I, I think of it this way, that you begin to understand this when the Lord is no longer your spare tire, but what this is saying is he's your steering wheel. He, he guides where you go. That when you come to, to forks in, in the road, it's not that you all, all of a sudden have to worry, oh God, where do you want me to go now? But the Lord, as you pursue him and as he takes residence in your heart, that now all of a sudden this discretion, all of these things that, that you realize as you learn, it's, it's a process by which he prepares you for all of the decisions you will face in life. So what does a successful road trip look like? First of all, everyone arrives safely at the destination. That's always good, right? How many kids did we leave with? How many did we come home with? Count the heads, yay. It's a good one. The next one, everyone can enjoy the trip. That as we we look at this, this is also what this is about, is being more and more godly, right? And as you do that, that we we not only love God, but also as we do this together, we, we love and enjoy one another. And finally, Jesus rides with us the entire way. At some point, you need to ask the question, where's our family going? Really, where are we going? That if it's simply into the future, that does make for a little bit of a nervous trip. You, you, you go and you don't know what's around the next corner. You don't know if the way you're, you're traveling is a dead end. And I suppose that's one way to travel, it is. Uh, just drive as long as I can, as far as I can, and, and see where I end up. But the Lord would suggest a different plan. And that is to begin with the destination in mind. And the destination we are on as his children is to heaven. And, and, and whether you call it the road map, the, the road rules, the proverbs, whatever, I don't care what you call it, But the reality is God gives in his word specific guidance 
for everything you will face and every decision you truly need to make in your life. It's there. I promise you, it is there. It's his promise. My promise, his promise. Everything you need for that destination of heaven is there. Now let's travel that road together. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we are on a journey. There's no uh, doubt about that. And all of us, as we look at the journey, we, we look back and, and we see things that have happened and we also look to the future. Lord, today, help us start and end with the fear of, your, the fear of you, understanding who Jesus is and, and understanding that Jesus is the past, present, the future. He's the beginning, the middle, and the end, that he is everything we need for our journeys. So, Lord, please be with us. Open our hearts so that we accept your authority. Help us as we live our lives applying it. And, and now to take these next steps as well, that, that we cry out and we pursue you throughout our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. One of the fill-ins today was to live your life intentionally. And when I think of that, and and this week as I was writing the message, I I think of Dave Ramsey talks about this where, where he says, you can wander into debt, but you can't wander out. And he talks about gazelle-like intensity, that when you see a gazelle running away from a lion, that's the intensity that you have to go with. And, and I think of that too now, as you, you think of how you are going to live today intentionally with a pursuit of God and a pursuit of, of his word, I would encourage you to do that as well, gazelle-like intensity. That, that this needs to be something that's purposeful. And that's what, what Proverbs points to. And that would be a huge next step for you today is to say, how am I going to purposefully pursue God? And now as you go, go also with his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.